Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline has continued to be your best source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to join and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can <laughs> see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Oh! Shasho Kogi! May the force be with you! Whoa, my goodness, Carl Anthony Towns! He is not human! He is catastrophic! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I am your host, Brendan Headkey, sitting across from Doug West. We are here to talk about the Wolves' last two games because we didn't record after game two just with scheduling stuff, which was fine because the games happened, you know, in two games in three days. So I guess, Doug, general thoughts on, well, first, how are you doing? And then general thoughts on those past two games that Minnesota dropped. Well, first, uh, good to see you again. Um, and, uh, Doing well, uh, you know, good uh, weekend. I'm on the road. I'm down in Hampton, Virginia, coaching a little ball, um, seeing some good players play, seeing some college coaches in the gym. So it's a good time. And, uh, you know, been able to go and watch the, the Wolves play this week. Um, you know, saw the game, I think it was Wednesday night uh, prior to leaving. Um, and, you know, game two was, it was pretty much how I thought – it would go, um, you know, uh, Memphis came out uh, right from the beginning um, and established their tempo, their pace, um, their physicality with the game. Uh, you know, Minnesota, they, they played, they were in it back and forth, um, you know, there early on. But again, uh, you know, the, the, the lead just seemed to, to grow. Uh, Jaw was, um, you know, on attack mode. I think he was close to a triple-double, if not getting a triple-double that I think he that was night. one one assist rebound away. Rebound or one assist away. Or one assist was, away, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he was, he was was close. Uh, you know, Bain shooting the ball. Um, <laughs> Brooks playing well. Uh, you know, uh, Jackson Jr. coming off, making some threes. Uh, it was a, a big team win. And... You know, as we talked uh, last week, it was about what's, what's Taylor Jenkins going to do here? And we saw he started Steven Adams that game, but it was, uh, you know, it was a quick hook. Quick Two hook fouls for him, and then a hook, you, didn't, you know, play, so. didn't play again. Yes, yeah. didn't play again. So that game was, I thought it was interesting that he even started Steven Adams in that game. But like I said, two fouls in the first three minutes and then Adams never saw the floor. Then game three, Adams did not start. They went with <laughs> Kyle Anderson. Um, the first half. I, the first half, yeah. And then they went with, who came Clark. on the second half? Clark, yeah, Clark, Clark started in the second, the second half. half. Yeah, yes. so I thought that was a good adjustment. And that's one that I think pretty much everybody kind of expected that Taylor Jenkins would make that adjustment. 
Game two, I mean, they got blown. I mean, that one, a lot of people probably expected to happen. You wish it was maybe closer, but Memphis wasn't going to lose two games at home right. Um, right away anyways. So I guess looking at game three, so I was at game three. So it was a little bit harder for me to kind of like break down some of the smaller things that were happening, but also it's kind of cool to have the dynamic of like being in the arena and talking about like the environment of the fans and the wolves started out great. They, I think they were up 12, nothing to start. And Patrick Beverly was just attacking John Morant, just attacking him. And he said in his post-game interview that that was a plan he had coming in him and his trainer had found on the film where he could try to exploit Morant's defense uh, because the Grizzlies are trying to hide him on Patrick Beverly. And I think he did a really good job, especially at the beginning of the game, doing that and doing it, I mean, kind of under control, not really trying to force too much, but making it so John Morant can't just kind of play free safety and try to block shots and get steals. So I think that's something that the Wolves will have to do going into game four is having Beverly, not maybe to the extreme that he was, um, in game three, but just making sure he's still attacking Morant, not letting Morant get comfortable and he's got to, you know, get to the basket or take the open shots to keep Morant honest on defense. Um, what did you see, I guess, from Patrick Beverly in game three, did you watch game three? I know you've been really busy. Did you have time to sit down and watch it extensively? And I guess, what'd you think of how Beverly started out that game? Well, it, it's, it's really funny. Um, I had a flashback as I'm watching the beginning of the game. And back in 1997, our, our, my first and our only playoff appearance, um, game three in Minnesota, we played Houston. It was the best of five. And I think I came out really strong that game. Uh, I may have scored like the first eight, 10 points. And Bill Walton said, all right, Dougie, you got to let the, the superstars play. And I'm watching Patrick Beverly going off in the first quarter. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm having flashbacks of that because as we've talked, you know, we've been doing this. One of the things that I've noticed is the first quarter is cats. It's cats quarter. So it's great that, you know, Patrick sat down with his quote unquote trainer and decided to do this. Hopefully he told the coaching staff um, yeah, because you, sure you, you have did. a, you have a game plan going into this. And, you know, one of the things that took me by surprise was, again, the first quarter with Carl, actually the last two games. Um, you know, his, his, he's the quote-unquote star on the team. And it's, it's really, I think, in my mind, it's imperative to get him, get him flowing, getting, getting him touches yeah. early if that's what he does. You know, I think the, the Timberwolves' success has really come, you know, in those games where, he's, where he gets off where he gets off fast, he's getting touches. You know, he, I think he took five shots for the game. Um, he took seven shots the game before. Took four shots in the game. Okay, so he's taken eleven worse, shots yeah. in the last. He's taken eleven shots in the last two games. Um, yeah. You know, both L's, and you know, I, I, I'm well with four shots. We're definitely sure that there were probably six or seven other guys on the team, guys off the bench that were getting more attempts than. Than yeah. Caddis. Now, again, he put himself in the position getting into foul trouble, um, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about that. He has to has to stay out of foul trouble. But in those runs, you know, well, let's go back to Pat. You know, Pat was Pat was awesome. He was awesome. And 
again, he plays to the crowd and the crowd was awesome. But, you know, when Memphis made that run and they start making their runs and, you know, we talked about those games where your stars aren't touching the ball and your role players have to finish it in down the stretch. It becomes tight, especially at home on the road. You're on the road, you know, at home with a 26 point lead early, you know, 21, 21 to 0 run late. Uh, you know, everything starts getting magnified and it's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I, I, we can move on to cat. Cause I think cat's going to be the big topic here and he's kind of already <laughs> been the big topic. He hasn't played well in, in the last two games. He played really well in the first game. Um, and then they made the adjustments um, where they just started, you know, sending the double and triple teams at him. I, I've been a big defender of cat. I think he's a really good player and but I also know like he has to play better if the Timberwolves want to win this series. He can't, for one, he can't take four shots, can't take seven shots. He has to take at least 15 shots a game. That's on him. That's on the Minimum. coaching staff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's And that's on him or the coaching staff also. It's on his teammates. The other thing is he has to be smarter so he's staying out of foul trouble. And I don't want to talk about his complaining to the refs. We've talked about that before. Everybody <laughs> talks about that. I'm just talking about not picking up the fouls in general. He gets some bad calls. He also just fouls a lot. So he needs to clean that up because I think if he's not in foul trouble is when he's more aggressive. And if he's more aggressive, he's going to take more shots. These last two games, he's been in some sort of foul trouble and he's not as aggressive. And that's when you see him take seven shots four shots game one. He wasn't in foul trouble. He took 18 shots. He made 11 shots. He grabbed 13 rebounds. He scored 29 points. He was fantastic. So part of it's going to be staying out of foul trouble. Now that's a little bit, it's a little bit skewed because he wasn't getting double teamed for a lot of the first game, but I mean, still he's going to, I mean, he's so good that he's going to be able to get through those double teams. If he can be more aggressive but that's on him to be smart, not picking up fouls, and also being smart while being aggressive. It feels like he's always either extremely timid or 100 miles an hour, and he needs to find that in-between place. So he's not running guys over going to the rim, but he's not just <laughs> passing the ball because he's too afraid to shoot it. So I don't know what the answer is there. I know, one, it's going to take a lot for him to – figure out what to do against those double teams. It's got to be quicker and he's got to be more decisive when he does it. But I think part of it also comes to his teammates. They got to find the space, not just stand around the perimeter. Um, But I just don't know how much of an adjustment you can make and how much better you can expect him to be out of the double team in a two day span. Like that's probably something that he's going to have to work on this off season to try to figure out what to do out of that. And it's not really something that he saw a lot in other years. It seems like it's become a really big trend this year. So if he can put in work this off season, that'll help him for next year. But for this playoff season, something has to be done. And I don't know what that adjustment is. What are your, like, what can he try to do now? That's not like, you know, in the two days prep that, I mean, the prep's probably already done because, the games tonight, but what type of adjustments do you think he can make that will help at least a little bit? 
Well, I think I'm looking at the game and I'm watching, you know, he's, he's not posting at the post. It's more elbow catches. Um, and they're bringing, they're bringing the guy from the, from the bottom side on him a lot. Um, they're playing him high, bringing the guy on the bottom. He, he can't, he can't see him. Right. He's blindsided um, when it comes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's blindsided by it. And if he was at the post, and he knows someone's coming baseline, you know, well, we know they're coming baseline up there at the elbow. It's, it's just hard. Now, I think he needs to catch the ball first at the elbow and face up instead of playing with his, with his back too. Because once he faces up, especially in the NBA, these guys, quote unquote, supposed to allowed to put their hands on you. Okay. You know, foul line below. Um, so see if, if they call that. And another, another thing I, I look at is, you know, why don't they look at like a, a cross screen, a cross screen for him, some action where he's coming into a ball screen and then popping in and trying to get the ball to him that way. Um, and then, you know, now there's a lot, some switching action going on. He's catching the ball in, in his spots um, where he can face up and shoot the ball or then put it on, on the floor. It's harder to double him with all the movement coming in, in different guys. But he's just catching the ball stationary at the elbow, and they're just they're just bringing people. And you know he he is getting rid of the ball, you know, most of the time. And uh, guys got to make shots, and but he has to be able to find his shots as well. So we got to find a way to get him shots down on the low block. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, and I think that the the point you made early is he's catching the ball a lot at the elbow, which I think is definitely beneficial, especially when. He's being single covered because it's awesome. Doesn't, I mean, nobody's going to be able to stop him from there. I feel like there's two places he needs to get the ball. And you mentioned one of them, but when that double team's coming, he needs to establish his position and do the work before the ball comes. So he has the ball on the block and he already has his position down there. That way, if he gets double teamed, he can just turn and hook shot. He's fantastic with the hook shot. So if he can just turn, put it up, there's a good chance that shot's going in. Otherwise, he's there. He turns into it, and there's probably somebody cutting from the backside or somebody cutting down the lane that he can drop it to. The other place I think he needs to catch the ball more, and maybe he does catch it there often, but he just doesn't do a lot, is I think if he's catching the ball above the break, they're not going to send a double team. Mm-hmm. And if they are, then he's really got to exploit that, and there's got to be cutters or there's got to be – you know, Malik Beasley in the corner, ready to catch the ball and shoot it. Otherwise he's got to shoot over people. Right. Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark are not tall players. Exactly. He can. And if they're not doubling him, he doesn't even have to drag, just shoot it. He's a good enough shooter that he's going to be able to make 40% of those threes, which is going to open it up. And then if they, then if he keeps catching up top, they're going to be more aggressive on him there. They send a double then you have cutters or then you pass out of it quick, swing the ball, you're able to shoot in the corner. So I think it's a lot about where he's catching the ball on the floor and not necessarily that that double team is coming. It's going to keep coming. And like you said, we just need to find the spots on the floor for him to do better because I know if he plays poorly two more times, if if the Wolves lose the next two games, Cat doesn't play well, that's going to be like, out of his, so, so far he played five games like four years ago in the playoffs. That would be five games this year. And he probably played well in like three of those 10 games. There's going to be some sort of referendum on if Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns is a capable player to play. I mean, people are already asking that question. 
So he needs to play better for people to have faith that he's not like an expendable part because he's not going to be able to perform when the lights get hottest and the defense is really keyed in on him. And that's, I mean, he's in a year where the Timberwolves are wanting to offer him a super max contract extension and fans aren't going to be happy if they think that he can't be an impactful player in the postseason and he's going to be making $50 million. <laughs> it's I mean, I, I'm not to that point, but like with every game that he doesn't play well, you know, people get closer and closer to thinking that it's not going to work. Where are your thoughts on, on, do you think he can turn this around? How big, how good does he have to play for people to, to believe that he can do it? Like, where are you at with all of this? Yeah, I I believe he can turn it around. I don't, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking if quote unquote, it's, it's knocked out. It's been 10, 10 games for him in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's a learning experience. Um, You know, Memphis is really good. <laughs> you know, no matter how you how we look at it, you know, Memphis is really good. Minnesota's good. Um, you know, y- you said you said it perfectly. Um, get them on the block. This is old school basketball. They've they've gone back to the playoffs become old school basketball. Um, it became more of a half court game for Minnesota last week. They had to try to figure out how to score in half court. So now it's 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 the challenge of going back to that drawing board and a cross screen post up on the block, throw it into him quick move into his hook shot or baseline because he has two smaller guys guarding him. And the advantage that those guys have is when he catches the ball on the, on the elbow as a, as a smaller player, I'm like, Oh, this is great. I can get up under him. I can get up under him and make him uncomfortable. And as soon as he puts the ball on the floor, you see they're, they're bringing someone, they're taking charges. He's either running the people over if he's if he's on the block, he doesn't have all that space. Yeah, he can't now, get the momentum to run. Right, over. exactly. So, but but he can but he can get to his hook shot. He can either side um, turn around jumper right there. You know, quick moves. You know, it's it's about him really focusing on himself, what they're doing when the when the traps are coming. Are they coming on the pass or are they coming on the catch? You know, you have certain teams that as soon as they see that ball in the air, they're bringing someone. So if he knows it's coming on the pass, he got to catch it and get rid of it. Um, If it's coming on, once he catches it, he has a chance to see where it's coming from and get rid of the ball quick enough or make his move early. So I I don't I think Carl's a he's a very, very good. I mean, he's a very good player, outstanding player. He just has to learn in this environment, the, the playoff environment, how to be successful and it comes with, you know, more than eight games in his career. Uh, you know, yes. Ant, Ant's come out his first, I think I saw a stack go up. He had 70 points in his first three games, um, you know, but he's a, he's a scorer. Um, they're not bringing the doubles at him. He's getting those open shots. Uh, you know, if, if, if all of that had gone down and the, minute, and, the, and the Wolves didn't give up that 20-point lead or even the 10-point yeah. lead and they win the game – we're not having these conversations, you know, it's, right. it's, it's more about, you know, everything that transpired to get, get the L and now you, you yeah. reflect back to cat wasn't involved, um, but he wasn't involved the whole game. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was involved at, at any point in that game. No, he wasn't involved when they went on their big runs. He wasn't right. involved. I mean, he scored eight points. So it's not like he dominated and then right. all of a sudden he fell apart. He just wasn't involved at all. That's the crazy thing to me was, so being in the arena, they start out 12-0. You're like, okay, this is going to be a game. 
I mean, you don't feel like they're going to win when it's 12, nothing like for sure. Yeah. But you're like, man, they're, they're, they got a great shot at this. Then you go up by 26. You feel like the game's over in the second <laughs> quarter. And then it's seven and a half time. And you're like, okay, now we're screwed. That's back up to 25 in the third quarter. And you're like, okay, this game's over. You just have to literally play. You can play bad for the last however much time was left when they were up 25, you could have played bad and still won. The only thing they couldn't do is not play terrible and they played terrible and they lost. If they would have played bad, they would have won. But the fact that they played terrible caused them to lose. And when you're playing terrible and Carl Anthony towns, isn't getting shots to try. I mean, a few extra buckets, they probably win. They stop the run, which stops the momentum. I know they lost by nine, but like, you score six more points to stop some of that momentum that the Grizzlies are building. You're probably winning that game. And I mean, with Carl Anthony Towns, it shouldn't be that hard to get him six points in the fourth quarter, but the Wolves struggled to get him that many points the entire game, which it can't happen again. If they want any chance to win the series, it cannot happen again. Oh no, for sure. It can't happen again. And you know, it's it's one of those situations, you know, where, where I always say um, the NBA, it, people don't realize that 24 second shot clock is so big in, yeah. in the game and in possessions really matter. Like I'm watching the game and I'm going, oh, they're up 26 in the second quarter. Well, this game's coming down to the last four minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, I actually, I actually walked into a restaurant and I saw they were up big in the third. And I said, okay, well, maybe this, this game, maybe they get this. And then we sat down and I looked back and it was a two point game. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so the NBA is yeah. like that. Um, you you can quick. never, yeah, you can never, ever look at a lead and think that lead's safe. Um, you know, there, there, there are times, you know, when, you know, the team goes from 26 to 35 and then it's like, okay, well, 35 point lead, you know, the other team's going to, going to give in, but it was, it was everything um, in this, in that, in that fourth quarter, it was every loose ball. I mean, every loose ball Memphis got every loose, every 50, 50 ball, they got it. Um, You know, it got to a situation where, and, and this, you know, it happens so much players are arguing with the officials and Memphis is going down the court shooting layups. Um, so, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta play through it. Wait until they're stopping and play to argue with the officials. Yeah. You know, I, I drive for a shot. They don't call the foul. I'm going to argue with them. They're getting a three pointer or a three point play on the other side. Um, you know, th- those little things, especially in the playoffs, you got to take care of all the little things. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with that. I want to take a quick break, make sure we get those that break in and those sponsors sponsors. And then we'll be, we'll be right back. Are you paying down your old credit card debt? A personal loan could be your solution. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free and it won't affect your credit score. It could save you money. You ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers 
to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These are these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, so we're back. I want to talk about Cat a little bit more, but I want to talk <laughs> about the other side of the ball. I think Cat has played re- played really solid defense in that game, actually. And I don't want that to go miss because everybody's focusing on how bad he was offensively, but I think he played really good defense in this game. He had five blocks. He um, played really good up at the level against John Morant and other guys. Um, he rebounded the ball, not great, but he didn't like, it didn't feel bad. It didn't feel like all oh, the wolves are getting killed on the glass and cats not grabbing rebounds. Um, but he was just like really effective guarding the rim, um, especially early on. But he had that one block on John Morant where it was just one-on-one and he, I don't, I never saw a good video of if it was like, if there was a lot of contact or what I, cause I saw it was on the other end. I was way up in the second level and I've never, I haven't gone back and watched the game like on the TV, but it looked like that's a play where cat usually would foul. And that would have been a sixth foul, but he decided like trying to get this block is going to be worth it if I can get it. And he got the block no foul. So I'm assuming there wasn't a foul because the refs don't usually give cat the benefit of the doubt. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> must've been a good block, but I thought that was cool, but I just think overall, I think he played really solid defensively. And honestly, for most of the series, he's played good defensively. The wolves didn't look great on defense in game two, but also cat only played like half that game. Cause he was in so much foul trouble. And I thought when he played, the defense actually looked decent, um, especially his role in the defense. So what did you think about Cat defensively in this game? And and if you saw that that block I'm talking about, what did that look like on TV? Um, I, I, I will say that Cat has played his best stretch of defense in the playoffs. Um, I think there might have been one game we did prior to the playoffs where we talked about his defense and how he was – really getting up and impacting the ball screens. He was, he was, he was up there. He wasn't in drop coverage as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was doing a great job. Um, you know, he's always rebounded the ball. Yes. The five blocks on, on uh, Thursday, awesome job uh, defensively there. That play that you referenced, 
I watched, I, I watched, I did watch this game. And uh, when you're watching it live, it looked like I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, there's the sixth one right there. Yeah. And yeah, no, no foul called. They showed the replay. I mean, it could, it could have gone either way. Um, okay. You know, the officials, the officials let it go. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought he was good hands, hands straight up. You know, he's, he's got his, um, he's got the, the coverage straight up and down. So, you know, it was, I thought it was a good no call. Um, and, uh, but like, I think it was like the next play, he fouled out. I think it was the next play, he went down and tried to post up and got the little hook or, or banged into the guy, which I thought, I thought his sixth foul was a little weak, um, you know, for, for what is, what has gone on in the post. Um, but yeah, I think his defense has been has been he's played the best stretch of defense um, the last few games of uh, this season. Yeah, and I just wanted to kind of highlight that, you know, it hasn't been all bad from Cat in this series, you know, so I just wanted to point out that that side of the ball, because that's an important side of the ball, too. I mean, Memphis didn't play great offensively like in that game. They scored one hundred and four points or whatever it was. Right. Um, but they just played good offensively in those stretches to catch back up and win. Cause the wolves outside of like the first and third quarter in the second and fourth quarter played terrible offensively. themselves. There so was 24 points between the two and quarters the, is between the insane. two quarters. I mean, yeah. you know, it was, I think I wrote it down. It was uh, what it was 40 to 21 or 39, 21, the first quarter and 23, 12, then 32, 23, and then 37 to 12 or something like that. If you don't, it's, if you have one of those second or fourth quarter as like a normal quarter where you, right. even if you get outscored, where you scored 25, 20, 20 <laughs> instead of 12, you probably win that game too. So I think that part is, I think that part um, kind of goes under look too, is like how bad the offense looked because they scored but think of, 95 <laughs> points, but it was so bad in stretches that. If I you think about that, that's a point per minute yeah a that's point really per minute 12 points i mean you know so it's it's it it's like you i'm thinking like wow that's an nba team like you know we watched cat score like 30 something points in a quarter by himself quarter. against the against the spurs right by himself and, it's, and the whole team yeah, got I, 12. I, I was just shocked and, and that goes to, that goes you know and love finchy <laughs> you love him yeah. but he's got to figure that out like and you know and the point guards, you know, D'Angelo, uh, Pat, you know, they got, we got to get a good shot. We got to get a good set. You know, we got to make sure we, we get something going to the basket, something you, you have to, you know, try to change the tempo of that game so that, that, that we're, we're executing. That's see, this is the part yeah. where I talk about how the playoffs, they can slow down on you. And now you got to execute some offense and you're not used to doing it. So it, it gets, it, it kind of, because it looks like you're struggling to well, they did struggle to score, but you, you yeah. end up struggling to score. I there was the whole conversation about Finch's lack of using timeouts during the run and whatever. I my thing is if the Wolves win the game, then he's probably getting praised for letting his guys play through that and like fight through it. But since they lost, you know, he's get catches up heat. Where I had a little bit, not a problem, but like maybe what I think he should have done was. There's two guys who have played in the rotation throughout the season that didn't play in this game. Jordan McLaughlin didn't catch any minutes in this game. I think he would have been good for getting his team up and going to get some buckets. And then if you just needed a guy to be the guy to score, I would have put Jalen Noel in the game and just let him try to score some points quick if you were just in that scoring drought because 
he can get, he can score at any point in this, any point. And then Jordan McLaughlin can set up his teammates better than anybody on the team. I think with the pace he plays at, I don't think he's as good a passer as Russell, but I think he gets his guys into the offense quick and like gets the ball moving. So I would have tried to go to one of those two to hope that the offense sparked a little bit in that second quarter, mostly in the second quarter. In the fourth quarter, you want your best players out there. But when it's Patrick Beverly being the sole point guard in the second quarter, I maybe would have tried to put Jordan McLaughlin in and see if he could get the offense going a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally, you know, you just said that, and I didn't even realize, um, even when I looked at the stats, I didn't even realize that he didn't play. Yeah, neither um, of them played. And, and, I, and I think, you know, that's, that might go back to the fact that Pat got rolling mm-hmm. um, and he was, he was aggressive. So, I mean, who, who came in for Pat when he went out? I don't remember who came in. Velo would he come ever... back in. Oh, okay. All right. I'm All pretty right. sure right. one of so, those two was always on the court. Always on the court. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, and they both had quote unquote good games. I mean, you yeah. know, you know, uh, Delo shot the ball good. Shot, he shot aggressive. the ball well. Yeah. Um, Pat was aggressive. Uh, you know, but again, again, you, you get into that situation where other guys are doing things. And I, I, I just flash back to when Carl made that. Was it? A, I think he made a three. Was I think it, no, it, a it was a long two. A long two. But yeah. he's going back down the court and you know they're showing him and he's like i touched the ball that's i mean it was like i touched the ball that's what he's saying like yeah and like yo dude you gotta tell your teammates yo man give me give me the ball (laughs) it's like throughout the game you know so uh i I think you know we just gotta finch gotta find a way to get these guys going that second quarter can't always be the the quarter where the where the big drop-off happens it happens a lot where that second quarter is is a drop quarter for them um, and we got to find a way to keep cat on the floor, um, for a majority of the game without fouling. Um, and he has to just be smarter and that, you know, those situations just has to be a lot smarter with it. Yeah. And I wish I could say, I think he will be, but there's a lot of evidence, <laughs> a lot of evidence the other way. Um, we haven't talked about Anthony Edwards, really. I thought Ant in this game, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great. I just... Part of it was he hurt his knee. And I think like mm-hmm. when he hurt, when he gets a little bit hurt, we've seen him do it before in games or when he was dealing with his knee tendinopathy injury that he had for a stretch there, <laughs> when he is a little banged up, he's not as aggressive and he settles a lot more. And I'm hoping that's all it was. And I'm hoping he's going to, I mean, he's not on the injury report for Saturday's game four at all. So I think, and maybe just, you know, he knocked knees needed a little yeah. breather to get, get it back. And then he was fine, but I think he needs, he needs to be aggressive too. We saw how fantastic he played in the playing game and game one. And then these last two games, he hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been um, as great as he can be. And as great as, I mean, we've come to expect him to be after those first two games. So I think we're going to have to get a big night from him tonight on Saturday. So they can try to win. But what did you think of Ant in, I guess these last two games when he hasn't been that superstar that he was, in the play-in game and game one. Well, I looked at him like he was just out there chilling. He was just, he was just like, yeah, he has to be more aggressive. He can't, you know, it's just, we're going to take a three. So I'm going to do a shoot threes, you know, stay in the corner, shoot threes, or, you know, he has to get to a situation where he's getting the ball and he's playing downhill. 
not just bouncing the ball with step backs. But again, this all goes back to the first quarter. This all yeah. starts. You know, you're watching the first quarter, and it's the Patrick Beverly show. And those two, Cat and Ant, are standing around watching. It's the Delo show. They're standing around watching. Those two have to touch the ball. One or one or the other have to at least touch the ball, get involved in these situations um, for them to be successful. Um, you know, other guys are going to be able to make plays, um, but you have to pick and choose and you have to make sure you're getting your, like we say, your stars in, involved in the game. And right. they have to have a thumbprint on this game or for them to win. And really, neither one of them did um, in, 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 in the last two games. And you look at Jaw, I mean, he only scored 16 points, I think, the last game. Yeah, I think so. And his supporting cast around him, you know, he's getting those guys shots. They, they, they made shots. I mean, I think Bain had seven threes. Yeah, um, seven for 15. You know, um, you know, um, Brooks getting to the basket. You know, he's playing physical. Um, kind of seemed like their 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 physicality has kind of taken some of the Wolves players um off of their game. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know poor uh what's his name? Uh, I can't what's my man? Vanderbilt. Yeah. See the one he got smacked up in the head about yeah. 20 times the other game? Yes. It's yeah, every game. Sure it, he's always I wasn't sure if it was him or Nas Reed. I knew one of those was, two were like he was just got, got knocked in the head, got knocked around. I mean, Brooks took him one time and just threw him to the floor um and got yeah. the loose ball. Um no call, and, no foul call. Yeah, but again, there's no foul called and they're still playing. And right. we're, everyone's looking for the foul. And it's yeah. it's the playoffs. This the physicality of the playoffs is unlike anything in the regular season. So you got to throw all of that out. And as we talked, it's like, how are these guys calling the game? Um, right. And, you know, and you got to you got to play through that. I mean, he even got elbowed in the face. I mean, by Tillman. I mean, he got he's he's got beat up that game. He gets, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> he gets beat. I mean, he got slapped in the face by Stephen Adams in game one or game okay. two. One of the two <laughs> took the elbow from Tillman on yes. Thursday night. Also thrown to the ground by Brooks. He just, I mean, he takes a beating. And I mean, that's mostly because he's, he's playing aggressive on defense. He's going after rebounds. You know, he's trying to affect right. the game in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, he just gets, he gets beat up, but I thought he played, I thought he actually had a pretty good game um, in that game. Oh, no, he he's, ne he's never going to impact the offense in like a great way. He's just not a great offensive player, but I mean, he had a couple buckets inside, but I think he also had like 13 rebounds and he played good defense. Um, which is he didn't play like he played like nine minutes in game two. They didn't mm -hmm. go to him at all. And then in this game, I believe they went to him as like the, at the center spot more often they had like Jada McDaniels playing the three Torian Prince playing the four and Vanderbilt at the five, because right. the Grizzlies really just aren't a team that's super big, especially if Jaron Jackson jr. Is off the court. Um, and I like that adjustment from Finch in game three, and I'm interested to see how much of it we get in game four. Hopefully cat can play, you know, 42 minutes in this right. one he needs and, to. and yeah. you don't have to worry about like those six minutes of backup center. You could probably survive Nas Reed there, but I mean, if cats in foul trouble again, you want to be able to, if Jaron Jackson's on the court, I mean, even if Jackson is on the court, like Vanderbilt, if Jackson's the five on the court, Vanderbilt can match up there. Torian Prince can guard whoever's at the three and Jay McDaniels can guard 
Brandon Clark. So I like that adjustment from Finch because even if Vanderbilt isn't a great offensive player, what he provides rebounding the ball is super important because the Wolves are not a good rebounding team, especially if cats off the floor and defensively, he's so versatile that if you need to switch it. He can switch and he can handle his business there too. So I'm interested to see how much he plays because he barely played in game two. I don't remember how many minutes he got in game one. I'm trying to look it up quick because I think he played a decent amount or excuse me. Yeah. In game one and in game three here. So he played 18 minutes in game one, but he played 32 minutes, 32 minutes in game three. That's, I mean, he's a starter. So that's like a starter's amount of minutes, but he's, he's never played that many minutes as a, as a guy in the playoffs. So I thought he played a pretty good game. Yeah. 13 rebounds. Um, didn't only like one turnover. He missed six shots. So that was tough, but a lot of them, he, I mean, he missed like three in a row, grab a rebound, put it back up. <laughs> Got so put it back up, right? Yeah. He didn't really waste that. possessions with his his misses. So I'll be interested to see. I doubt he plays 32 minutes tonight, but maybe 20, 24 minutes tonight, somewhere in between. So, but I just thought he yeah, played he a does, good game too. Yeah, he works, he works his tail off, man. He does, he does all the little things. Um, you know, and <laughs> does all the little things and takes the beatings for it. So you know, sure. so that's 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 what he does. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at he's, he played nine minutes in in game two, like you said. Yeah, and just didn't it, I mean didn't impact the game in that game like much at all. Well, Only game two, two, game two, nobody impacted yeah. the game really. I mean no. that was just. But, I couldn't wait to get on the plane. Yeah, so I guess we can kind of start to wrap up here. What are your thoughts? I mean, the reaction. There was a lot of reactions from I mean Timberwolves fans, media around the NBA that, I mean, like this was just the death sentence for the Timberwolves. And when you look, you step back, that's what I was kind of doing with my tweet the other day <laughs> saying whatever, that the Wolves down 2-1, good to get one at home, just joking around. But like, seriously, they're 2-1. They've played two games on the road. They've played one game at home. Right. Like they're kind of where you probably expected them to be. They just took a different path to get there. So if they can put this in the rear view, um, and come out and win on Saturday, like this is still a series. The series isn't over. This oh, isn't no, it's like still serious. They're not down 3-0 like the Raptors are to Philly. They're not right. down 3-0 like the Hornets. I think it's the Hornets are playing Miami. So it's like no, no, not the Hornets, no, the uh the Hawks. The, the Hawks, Hawks, yeah. But it's but it's 2-1 now. Yeah, it's 2-1. It's not the death <laughs> sentence, and you're not no, I mean, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about that other the, wait. Did um, the Hawks win last night? Hawks won last night. Oh, I went to yeah, bed you too just, early. You just woke that. up, man. Yes, I know. Yeah, I went to bed floater, too early to see that. A little floater by uh, Trey. Trey for the game. So oh, okay, and I did. I even went on Twitter and I didn't see that. Okay, so <laughs> but anyway, so it's not three zero. It's not the Nuggets to the Warriors. It's you know they are still in this. They were never favored to win the series, anyways. Right. And you're down two one. This is probably where everybody expected you to be. I think they still have a chance. But like I never picked the Wolves to win the series in the first place. But like this game, I mean, this still easily could go to six, seven games. You pick up tonight, then it automatically goes to six games. If you pick up another one at some point, either you're winning in six or you're pushing it to seven. So I could see this still coming down to game seven in Memphis. What how are you feeling, you know, knowing it's two one, just all of that? I I I think the whole series depends on the game tonight. Um, yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, the, the whole and I and I'm and I'm really expecting, I'm really you know wanting, hoping the Wolves come out and 
put their footprint on the game for four quarters, um, yeah. put, put together a complete game at home. I mean, watching the game and because I played there and I know how the fans are there and I was there earlier this year, um, the place was the, the sixth man was there the whole game. I mean, and they're showing because I, I watched the, actually I watched the Timberwolves feed. So they're showing the fans on the baseline. Um, they're showing the fans up in the stands and they were in it the whole game. Um, you know, if the end of the game, they're out of it. They have to find a way to win the game tonight. If they win the game tonight, I, I really see this going seven games. Um, I, I really, I really feel that if they win tonight, they'll, they'll win their next home game as well. And then it'll end up back in, back in Memphis or seven. And, you know, at first I said Memphis and six, we switched the other yeah. day after they won. I said, I could see this game going, this series going seven as you did as well. But you actually, yeah. you said that the first, the first time we, we, we selected. Um, so I, I think they win this game tonight. Um, and I think we're going seven games, but yeah, has to come out from the beginning um, and have to establish. I'm, I'm saying you got to establish Carl in the low block, especially if they're going to have, if they're going to have slow motion guarding him, yeah. <laughs> we used to, we used to call him slow motion back in high school. Um, he, he, they have to throw it in and they, he has to score quick and establish himself. And uh, this is how, how it has to happen. He and Ant have to put, their stamp on the game as the quote unquote stars of the wolves tonight. Yeah. I'm with you where I think they have to win. If they lose this one, Memphis is going to try to close it out at home in game five. You have to win this one to force Memphis to come back to Minnesota for game six. And then you hope you just built up enough. If you win that game, you hope you build up enough momentum going to game seven that you can shock them there, but at least you got it to seven and you survived I mean, some tough games, you responded well, you had some resiliency. Um, Not only I think they have to respond, I think Kat and Ant have to respond. Like you said, they have to have big games. They have to affect the game. Um, If they lose tonight, it's probably, it's it's a wrap. I don't think they'll win (laughs) in Memphis um, in game five. So I'm excited to see it. I'm like I said, I'll be there. Game starts at nine o'clock central time. (laughs) I saw that. I saw 10 o'clock. It came on the TV today. 10 o'clock. I was like, that's nine o'clock game. The late game. You'd think we're on the West coast. I get we're the Western (laughs) conference, but like we're in the central time zone. And I mean, I don't care, but I, I think it's going to be rocking though. Cause I think people are, I think fans are going to have gone out to dinner before they're going to downtown's going to be have a couple they're going to come in they're going to be ready to to roll and i just know that i have a two-hour drive home after the game but i think we're going to stay up in the city so we don't have to to do that get a, get but, a room um, all right we got family up there but yeah i'm oh, not okay. gonna i'm not gonna get home at 3 a.m to go watch the wolves um so yeah but i think it's gonna be the atmosphere is gonna be great atmosphere was i mean i never sat down outside of like a couple timeouts but i mean the the fans, for the most part, were engaged, except like at the really deafening parts where Memphis was just like that 21-0 run. The fan, I mean, they were still pretty in it for like how out of it they should have been. But I'm just expecting even better tonight, you know, weekend, all, all that. So I'm excited for the game. And uh, I hope the Wolves are excited for the game because this is, I mean, this is their season tonight. Like you win this one. You're still in it. You lose it. Like we said, you're it's, probably yeah. that's wraps. So, all right. Yeah, do you have they, any last they, last thoughts before we 
we head off. I know you got to get to get to some games here. So no, I just uh, just want to see them play well. Uh, you know, hoping that we find a way to establish Cat tonight. Um, hoping hoping that he plays smart and stays out of foul trouble. Just you know, get, get to the second half with with one or two fouls. You know, and it was really interesting to watch uh, the way Finchie played him with his fouls um, in game three, you know, compared to how he usually lets him just stay right. in there with the, with the trust factor. Um, so I think it was with, you know, they had a more of a, they had more of a lead in the, in game three that they kind of just like, Oh, we could survive if he, you know, we can afford to take him out now. Yeah, that's, um, that's probably true. That's probably true. Um, but I mean, and, he stayed uh, out of foul trouble in game one. So hopefully he can replicate that. I mean, he didn't have a foul yes. in the first half. Like he can get two in the first half. Just don't get two in the first six minutes of the first quarter, you know? Right, right. Make it to your first sub out with one foul. And that's the thing. You hope he comes out and, you know, he's going to, you know, try to, you know, as an athlete, you're going to try to make everyone else quiet their mouths. And yeah. he's going to come out aggressive. And hopefully it's smart aggression. Contained um, aggression, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, contained aggression, yes. Where he's making the right place. He's not running people over like the train. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's able to finish the game and, and, and have a positive impact on it. For sure. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's all we got today. So thanks Doug for finding time in your busy travel schedule to do this. Busy um, weekend. Hopefully busy we weekend. can talk about a win next time we, we talk and the wolves aren't ending their season. So two, one, Another night, another game in Minneapolis tonight, and then they get on the road to go to Memphis. Um, Doug and I will be back sometime soon talking about this. If you uh, have any things you want to talk about, like always, you can always shoot me a DM or something on Twitter, and and we can uh, see if that's a topic we want to talk about. But thanks everybody for listening. This has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast uh, presented by Bet Online. I'm your host Brendan Headkey with Doug West, and we will be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.